Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Boys Reviews. We're your hosts, I'm Nerdy Boy Christian. And I'm Nerdy Boy Scott. And this is Nerdy Boys Reviews, your nerdcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in nerdy news, movies, and television. We tell you what it all means and why you should be excited about it. So, explicit content warning, material on this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners of all ages, so you have been warned. What's up, dude? What's up? How are you? How are you? Oh, oh, I'm great. You know, yay, yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's been. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's the current climate in what we all in the world kind of live in right now. You know, unless you've been hiding in the rock, you know, we live in a in a new fashion world of social distancing and COVID nineteen related things. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I not... mean, I don't, I don't feel like, like, okay, to be honest, because like, I still get to go to work every day, so I get to leave my house every day. And like, I go to the store still, and I, you know, I do all that stuff. So like, I don't feel like super duper impacted. I mean, there's like certain things I can't really do that I used to not do, but like, I would say like I'm still living my life at about a good, <laughs> strong, the 70 to 75 percent, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where, like, most people is not even anything close to that. <laughs> so, I could be much, much more soft. So, you know, can't complain. I'm not out of work. You know? I'm healthy-ish. You know, <laughs> minus the whole, you know, morbidly obese thing, that thing going on. Um, you know, my son's healthy. Yeah. My girl's good, you know? Everything. Copacetic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm all right. You know, I, I still get to work. Um, I don't, I don't have to go into the office, so I usually work from home, but I can, if I want to, um, I do go to the gym at my work. My work has a gym like at our corporate office. So I've been able to exercise. So that gets me out of the house for like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, just exercise. And then, you know, can come home and shower and chill out. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's, I, I feel like I, I haven't been super affected um, other than, you know, the normal things, social distancing. And, like, I live in Yolo County in California, which they we have, like, a, we're, we're behind, like, Sacramento County. We have to still wear, like, what, masks everywhere. Like, you can't get into any business if you're yeah. not wearing a mask. And, um, yeah, dude. I, yeah, well, I experienced that because my work is in Yolo County it's in West Sacramento. And pretty much like most of the gas station businesses, et cetera. Like I actually got kicked out of the Chipotle because they like require you to wear a mask and my like, kids like freaked out on me over it. I was like really pissed off, you know, because I was just like really just like just annoyed by it all. I was just like, there's nobody in your fucking store anyways. Like there's a huge sneeze guard plus extra like room beyond that like there's more than like 10 feet i would say between the customer and the and the person you know i guess i, I understand its rules and all that but it's just like i don't know i respect everyone's opinion on on the whole matter just like where i lie it's like i feel like a lot of this is just like really unnecessary yeah <laughs> I i'm different i don't really respect people's opinions on things that i think they're misinformed on but yeah, businesses and counties have the rights to make their own rules, and if we don't like it, we don't have to go. And yeah, I mean, I support I support that, but but uh, you know, I don't 
I don't think masks do anything, um, and there have been studies right. that show that. So, but you know, people if they want to believe they're saving lives and and they're they're liberating people or going on some great quest to save the world by wearing masks and forcing other people to wear masks, yeah, you know, all for it. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too funny. But, too yeah. funny, dude. Uh, un- unfortunately, this is the reality where we we live in right now, where we have to, you know, talk about coronavirus and COVID nineteen because it's the only thing really happening. Um, but um, yeah, uh, it's been an adjustment to like have to like social distance and like things like that. But it's not been like. I don't know. I don't feel personally affected, but I feel bad for all the people that are inevitably affected by this. People with mental health issues who are forced to stay in with their thoughts all day. People with uh, substance abuse issues that have been sober but now are, you know, going back to their old ways because they don't have that support system. They don't have therapy. Like, people that have lost their jobs and will never get them back. People that, after this, will have mounds of debt and be evicted from their houses and apartments and and yeah. everything else like we we want to talk about the death toll and like you know hey we have to do this to save lives but uh, people are losing their lives every day because they even if they don't have it because they're affected by what we're doing in response to it so uh, right yeah you know yeah i mean dude it, it definitely sucks man it's just like you know it, it, it's just like this is a difficult situation i mean like you said every day people consistently losing jobs, you know, businesses that have been around for like 70 plus years that, you know, like on the back of like extremely hard work and dedication and just like going under and, you know, like nobody, like, you know, like the economy just can't support like the mom and pop stops and like, you know, the, you know, the, the non-franchise businesses and things like that. And it's just like, it's a really difficult situation. Like not just like us, but it's just, it's just the entire world is like really affected. And it's just, you know, you know, people losing their jobs and people losing their houses, can't pay their mortgage, can't pay their rent, can't pay their car note, you know. Um, right. I'm sure, like, the, the rise of budget depression is, like, through the roof right now. I mean, I couldn't imagine a world where it's not just based off of, like, basic logic, you know. Right. It's yeah. just, like, it just really sucks that, like, you know, people are suffering and people are going through all this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many sides to it, you know, and it's like, is is what we're doing worth saving, you know, X amount of lives? And, and we're not the ones qualified to answer that question. You know, we can have our opinion, but yeah. someone else, you know, that's the job of our governments to, to decide if it's if it's worth it. And us as people overall to, to decide, and, and two-thirds or something, like three-fourths of Americans think that it is worth it. Three Three-quarters of the United States believe that what we're doing is necessary to save those lives, and, you know, they judge people who think that the economy is important and things like that, um, or, you know, whatever. Like, they, people make jokes about it, but it's like, uh, without without money, the, the entire world doesn't work. And, and, and you, might not, yeah, exactly. you might not like it or agree with it, but... That's how everything works. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty unfortunate, but it's a society, it's a capitalist society, living. you know, money rules all. And then rules the world. Right. And there's nothing you can do about it, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we'll, uh, we'll I, I guess, you know, kind of transitioning a little bit, um, we'll open up with, like, some of the questions that 
uh, people sent in to us because you know at least this is fun to talk about <laughs> right so right. uh one of my friends sent me a question um his his name is captain hot sauce whoever that is um, oh, wow, he said he, he said um 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 hold on let me bring it up he said is it true you are the best i don't know if he's asking me or you um or just us together I, i'm not sure so for for me i'm not gonna say either I'm... way either way it's a, it's, a, it's a strong yes yeah okay well for me i i don't think i'm the best but i think you know together we could be the best and if you're already the best then adding me to it true true um so true. That is, you know it's so funny it's just like it's so funny because it's just like a meme now that is you know it's like from pokemon and stuff but it's just like it's really how i feel <laughs> about anything i do like okay magic the guy i wanted to be the best video games i wanted to be the best you know cooking i wanted to be the best you know it's like whatever i do i just don't feel like I don't really do things in half measures. I don't feel like, you know, like I just like have the drive to like want to be really good at whatever I'm doing at that right. moment. Doesn't mean I'm gonna stay interested in it forever, but well, also you know? like when you when when you do things like in general, like I don't. I, this doesn't apply to everyone, but but for you and and for me as well, I think is like when we do things and we feel like we're we're losing or we're not good at it it makes it unenjoyable so why would we want to do it so anything that we enjoy like relatively we want to be good at it cuz if we're not eventually we won't want to do it anymore right yeah exactly you want podcasting you know whatever it is that you're doing you should always strive to be the best at it yeah you know um so i mean not everybody takes that approach and that's fine you know Right, which is which is why a lot of video games and like even magic and stuff like they gear their product to the casuals, uh, like casual people who don't really care because they're the ones who are I don't know why actually probably because they, they make up the majority of the base I guess. Alright, it is true. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you have any other questions that I, were sent into us? I do. I have two more questions. So, okay. Go ahead. Um, Roll them out, very friend. Yeah. Uh, my my friend Sedona asked uh, what our biggest continuity pet peeves are in Harry Potter and or Star Wars and or Marvel. Uh, continuity. So, like, meaning, like, the difference between, like, the books and the movies? No. Or, like, like, or like, what is, like, what is, like, the one thing, like, that in X movie that really just annoys you that like you're like that's not realistic. Uh no, continuity errors are like changes made later on that you like obviously oh, weren't so, okay, true. Okay, okay, like, okay. So like, what was made canon that you feel like shouldn't have been? Is that yeah, a better way? Things like in Star Wars, like midi chlorians, like people hated like you know when when you have Obi Wan in in A New Hope explaining the Force and it's this energy field that surrounds surrounds us and binds us and and uh, gives the Jedi their powers and then you have midi chlorians mm-hmm. you know in 1999 what from Qui Gon and people are like what the fuck you know things like that. Right. Okay. Um, but, uh, so, okay, pertaining to what, uh, which, uh, series? So she said Star Wars, Harry Potter, 
and or Marvel. Um, so I, I don't really have anything for Marvel because things change all too much in comic books to even talk about. Um, but for right, Harry- I mean, you could go on for days about that. <laughs> right. For Harry Potter, <laughs> I will say that I think J.K. Rowling does a really good job of retroactive continuity, like changing things later, but like making it make sense. Um, the only one that like really bothers me is like the idea that Snape was protecting Harry the whole time, because if you read the books, it's very clear that he went out of his way to torture Harry, like in, in embarrassing right. in front of everybody. So like the idea that he was just protecting him the whole time, like it's kind of absurd to me, but, right. um, yeah, other than that, like, I don't, I don't really have many problems with the continuity of Harry Potter. Cause JK Rowling typically does a good job. Like if she changes things later of like making it make sense. Um, and not right. just like ignoring it. Um, for Star Wars, yeah, I mean, you can mention any number of things, um, especially in the new trilogy that have been changed or um, don't make sense, including midi chlorians and how the Force works and things like that. Those things do get annoying, um, but it doesn't uh, take away necessarily from my enjoyment of the movies, aside from the new trilogy. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, and then what about? Oh, wait, you know, you already just yeah. Um, I was uh, okay, so I would have to say, uh, comics. It's just like kind of like piggybacking off what you said. It, it is far too hard to sit there and pinpoint one thing because it's like comic books. They're they're never in the story, of course, for the most part. I mean, obviously, certain things do end, but it's like for the most part, they just continue it or they reboot it or like. It just like it just keeps going. So like we can literally fill like an entire year's worth of segment like talking about this Marvel. So it's like Right. Well like maybe they could pin it to a certain movie or or something like that. So maybe if like there's a more detailed like aspect of like what this listener or person you know might be trying to reach for towards Marvel, like if they could give me a better idea. Yeah. Like maybe I can answer that question a little bit better. I, I think I just feel like I think like that's maybe like, it's hard, you know. Yeah, I think maybe she was like specifically maybe talking about the MCU because I, I doubt she's read a lot of Marvel comics. Um, but she's probably talking about the books. I mean, uh, sorry, the, the the movies. But even there, there's 22 of them, and there's just so much stuff going on. So it's Ooh, it's really hard. Okay, so I mean, if, okay, so she's talking about movies. That that's a little bit different, you know what I mean? Cause right. There, there's I mean, so many changes that they. Then again, you know, it's like, okay, then we've got to decide that's that each film. That's really hard. Um, that's one thing that, like, anything just right off the top of my head here towards Marvel. I mean, um, hmm. Yeah, it's hard because I've been in a Star Wars kick lately, so I'm, like, thinking a lot about Star Wars. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't no, watched, no, but... Mar- like, Marvel movies in a while. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I would have to like really think about it. Uh, let, let me let me think about that, right? Yeah. And then I'll come back next time we podcast, and I'll re-answer the Marvel aspect of it. So, um, jeez, hmm. see, it's on card because like, like okay, like Harry Potter. So if we're shifting talking books. I think it'd be anything that J.K. Rowling really says. <laughs> True. <laughs> because it's like, you just sit there and say, like, okay, Snape. And I'm like, that was, like, probably one of the more annoying things that she ever said. Because, like, he strictly goes out of his way to, like, fuck with Harry. You know what I mean? 
So what indication do you ever have, other than, like, the reveal of, like, who he is, that, like, he was ever, like, trying to protect Harry? Like, you know, you don't know that, you know? That's, like, essentially just playing with the audience. Like, that's playing unfair, you know? Like, you can't do things like that. So, like, and then, like, you know, you can easily point out the things, like, Dumbledore's gay, uh, Hermione is black, things like that, you know? I don't, I don't really, I don't like that just because, like, when we've talked about those two specific things very many times, like, J.K. Rowling is a very good writer, right? Yeah. She's very descriptive of, like, she's very intentional of how she describes people, right? Right, yeah. Like, the very few black people that are actually in the story, she goes out of her way to describe them as being such, you know? And trust me, they feel them. <laughs> so the the random notion that she just randomly forgot to, like, describe, the, like, one of the main characters, like, I find that absurd. I think that's ridiculous. And the same thing with... Like, I mean, I guess, like, I don't specifically ever remember her, like, describing sexual orientation, and that's a very slippery slope, unless if, like, being of that, like, a certain sexual orientation matters to your character development, but it would have to be an ongoing theme, right? Yeah. So with that being said, if it's not an ongoing theme, how can you then try to retroactively to make your story more inclusive. That's exactly what she's trying to do. I mean, she's not really calling the war over anybody's eyes. Come on, guys. Let's get real. That's all she's trying to do with uh, Hermione and Dumbledore comments of, like, sexual orientation and race. You're just trying to be more inclusive, which I'm all for more inclusion for everyone, but it's just like, do it on your next story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do it differently. Like, don't go back and things that have already been written and be like, oh, well, what I meant to say was this. Well, that's not what he said. Yeah, I, I think, like, it, it's fine for readers, <laughs> if they can, like, see that within the book, to come to their own conclusions. But having J.K. Rowling come out and say, oh, yeah, this is this, this is that, like, it doesn't really work. Um, you know, right. even, like, uh, Joss Whedon, creator of Buffy, recently came out and said... That if he did Buffy today, Willow, uh, who was a lesbian on the show later, uh, like we find out in the fourth season, like she would have been bisexual in in his if he did it today, because back then like people didn't really understand like you you either were gay or you're straight, so like he didn't make her bisexual. But he didn't say, oh no, she was bisexual like back then. He just he's he's reappropriating it today, which is what you should do. You shouldn't just go back and be like, oh no, I know I made it obvious that they were this way, but no, now because I want to change something, they were actually this way. Yeah, exactly. And then, okay, so for Star Wars, there's like a couple things, but one thing, it would have to be in the new trilogy, right? That um, that uh, Palpatine was raised by grandfather or whatever. I, think, I don't know, I find that annoying. Like... And I'm even trying to think back to, like, because I haven't watched the originals in a little while. Like, probably in over a little bit over a year. But I've been, like, watching, like, 
the prequels a lot and then like some of the newer ones a lot recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to even think back to like, to an extent, it's like, I know it was like one of the greatest shows you ever, you know, but it kind of just like annoyed me. I was just like, huh? You know, like kind of like, I'm trying to like think back, like, were there any clues that they were ever related, you know? Like, meaning like Darth Vader and uh, Luke and Leia and all that stuff. Like, it's just right. like, I don't know. It's just, it's just like the absurd notion that you could just throw it out there and then it just be true and just like, what? Well, even with, like, the fact that within Empire Strikes Back, you have both Luke and Leia kissing, and then later Yoda saying there's, an, like, there's another, like, pretty much referring to Leia, which we know now, but at the time, there's no way George Lucas had that in mind, because he didn't, we didn't get the reveal until later in Return of the Jedi, but if he was like, oh yeah, they're gonna be brother and sister, there's no way he would have had them kiss. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely one of the, like, probably usually top five quotes of all time movie, you know, probably mm-hmm. definitely top five. But if you think of it in, 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 in the um, in the parameters of storytelling, right? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> I'm just like, don't get me wrong. And I know, I know. Well, fuck boy, fucking Star Wars fan fucks everywhere across the world are fucking enraged fucking grabbing their fucking imaginary lightsabers. Dude, I'm coming for you, naughty boy, Scott. Bring you on, bitch. I'm not going to give a shit. I'll fucking kick your ass and went off by behind my back. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, but I can see how enraged people are. I can just imagine. Are you serious? Do you know how idiotic? No, no, no. Do you, like, really? I, I'm just, like, I'm being serious, though. Like, think about it, dude. Like, I can't be the only one that feels like when I watch that type of thing, and I know they're not the only ones to ever do it, but, like, I never, like, get satisfaction out of those type of, like, like, like those kind of reveals like that. You know, I'm just like, huh? Hmm? Yeah. The fuck? I think... I I don't know. I think within, like, the parameters of, of Empire Strikes Back is, like, it's it's difficult to know for sure because like all my life I've always known Darth Vader as Luke's father. So every time I see it, it's never a surprise. Like it's just right. like it, it just is what, what it is. So. Yeah, I mean no, it's like fact, you know what I mean? But like it's like you take yourself out of it. Take yourself out of it. Strip it down. Right? You know like how you could do with like Harry Potter and how like you can listen uh, I forgot who you do with like you like listen to like the literary like teacher or whatever, or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. That's the yeah. thing you listen to, the Harry Potter. Yeah. I wish there was somebody that did that with Star Wars because I promise you they would fucking point that out, dude. I promise you, dude. I can't be the only one. Any listener out there, if you agree with me, just 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 tell us I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it like it works now. Like it works because I, I, feel like, I feel like it was like a one off that worked, and then like it felt so much more cheaper once it was done again. You know what I mean? Yeah, like because then it like it leads to so many other questions, it leaves everything so muddy and meddled, and you're just like, huh, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, I, like I'm so confused. I think when you like, consider, I don't really understand. 
I think when you consider like now modern day, like w- with the prequel trilogy, like it makes sense because Obi Wan was with Luke on Tatooine. It makes sense he would bring him, you know, on this mission. And then you know, Darth Vader obviously is the ruler of where they're going. So you know, it's like okay, the, he'll meet. But the idea that you know, from the other side of the world, Princess Leia, like from the other side of the universe or the galaxy, like there's this random woman who is also gonna be there, who is your sister. Like, uh, like I, I don't know. It's obvious that wasn't planned. It's just something that, that happened, right? And... Then he was like, oh, dude, you know it would be so epic. It's like, you know, to an extent, it is really epic. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But, like, at the same time, like... <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess I can accept that. <laughs> right. Like, but then, like, if you, like, take a step back from the fandom, take yourself out of it and just think about it. And don't you always tell me, like, you can't judge a, uh, one work of art off of a body of art, you know? Like, you say, like, some, like I know that I'm misquoting you, but, like, you get what I'm trying to say, like... Yeah, the stories, like... You, like you, you, it has to be a standalone story. Yeah, the stories have to, have to stand so on So, in that time, right, it doesn't, it makes no fucking sense. It only gains understanding and, like, you only get better representation once the prequels are made, then you're like, okay, cool. But other than that, like, you don't, you don't fucking understand who the fuck Darth Vader is. You don't get any of that, you know? Right. I think... I'm just saying. I, I never... I, I still, like, even with you explaining, like, I understand what you're saying, but I, but I don't have a problem with the Darth Vader, like, reveal as Luke's father. I don't have a problem with him being Luke's father. Like, it's more interesting to me, like, how the emperor finds out that it's it's his son like and he's like oh yeah that's the offspring of skywalker and it's like oh okay but how does he know like like maybe the force tells him i don't know but yeah i mean yeah and i almost feel like it's just like better i don't know like you just almost think about it differently right Mm -hmm. where it's like more of uh Okay, so you take that and you accept that, okay, Luke is Darth Vader's father. But, like, throwing way into the mix is it's like, like is, it, is this supposed to, like, resolve the whole fucking, like, Luke, Leia, awkward crush thing going on? Yeah, the the Luke, Leia stuff is really is really weird, like, the more you think about it, like... And, and I think a lot of people understand, like, it's obviously something that wasn't planned, that, like, was just later done, and it's like, it doesn't necessarily work. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying, like, and I think, I think the character of Leia becomes far better and far more interesting in the new movies. I think she's a much better character, in my opinion. It's pretty controversial, right? Hot takes, I know. You can only get them to that at the Nitty Boys reviews podcasts. I know, guys. Hit subscribe and, you know, just follow every podcast and you get hot takes like this all the time, dude. I'm just saying. Yeah. And, he, and it also makes her relationship with Han a little better. Like, like, like the thing is, right, Star Wars has never done well with relationships. Like, relationships within Star Wars are kind of uh-huh. not great. So you're saying, so what you're saying is, so what you're telling me, right, is if it weren't for the weird 
afterthought uh, brother sister connection of Luke and Leia. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. What what I'm saying what I'm saying is is it's better for for the story if she chooses Han instead of just being like oh well he's my brother so you're the only option left. <laughs> yeah, I can't really do that with you, buddy. Yeah. But, That's frowned upon in this galaxy. If we were in that galaxy, it'd be a different story, <laughs> bud. Yeah, if we were in the galaxy of <laughs> Alabama, brother. Right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, and then, so then, like, you fast forward to, like, the new movies, right? And the, the thing with Ray, it just felt like... And, I mean, the whole series was pretty much just, like, a retooled version of the original story. Like, I mean, there's just no good past it. I mean, obviously, there are some differences. Right. No fucking shit. And but for the most part, there's like, they hit these very important key moments that was like a, a roadmap of fucking the originals. And I'm just like, okay, fucking can't check, check, no. check. I'm like, the only thing that we're missing is fucking for a fucking Darth Vader to come out and be like, where I'm inspired. <laughs> Hey, uh, in broad strokes it's very similar like and the more i think about the new trilogy I, like i've enjoyed all those movies but the more i think about the new trilogy the more i'm just so done with it like it's not like because all right so my, my fiance so if i like truly just like like okay so so my fiance like she watched the original trilogy and she she wasn't like super into it and so i was like all right you know maybe she'll enjoy the prequels because you know hey like they're more updated like they're they're like there's more action i don't know maybe she'll enjoy it right so we started watching the phantom menace like a week ago and she got like 20 minutes in and she was so bored and then like i like i was like god damn it but like yesterday she finished it and she actually really liked it and you know she's asking me all these questions or whatever and then she's asking me, oh, what are the new movies about? And as soon as I start talking about it, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so bad. I don't want – like, like I cannot describe these movies in a good way to her, like, even though I like them. Right. And, but, yeah, so um, the funny thing, though, is that – So, okay, so, okay, I was rewatching like, The Phantom Menace, right? I almost thought that, too. Mm-hmm. So what I feel like The Phantom Menace really sucked that dude. It just took too long to get to one. It took way too long. Well, a lot of people, so uh, a lot of people's issues with the Phantom Menace are that the acting isn't great, the dialogue isn't great, and the 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 like third act is like you're resolving four things at once. You have the Gungan battle, the space battle to knock out the trade ship, the Queen Amidala trying to uh, arrest the Viceroy, and the fight with Darth Maul. Four things all going on at once, and a lot of people think that was not smart. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, uh, but the funny thing is, like, when, when Anakin was, like, destroying the ship in space, my fiancé was like, oh, it's like the Death Star. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, another space battle, destroying another space station. Right. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like maybe they should have just left the series at the original, man. <laughs> It doesn't even, I actually actually like the prequels, but yeah, I mean, it, well, and when you think about it, like, um, I, that's how funny my girlfriend fucking loves the fucking prequels. But the only reason why is because like when Anakin's growing up, she thinks he's so hot. 
Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure she met that actor in real life. She probably leaves him for me. Right. I mean, me for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. something that you and I, I think, have talked about before and, and that we've, like, we've always kind of thought is, like, how pivotal, how pivotal the Phantom Menace is with Qui-Gon dying. Because without Qui-Gon dying, Anakin would have never been trained, really. But, yeah, exactly. But he actually would have been trained by Qui-Gon. And this is something Dave Filoni, who worked on The Clone Wars, also an animator for, he did uh, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. He was an animator for that. But, um, you know, he, he did The Clone Wars with George Lucas and everything else. And uh, he worked on The Mandalorian. So he was talking like, you know, there's like behind the scenes stuff about The Mandalorian. He was saying, he was saying, no, the, the importance of Qui-Gon Jinn is that he was the father that Anakin didn't have. And by him dying, Obi-Wan trained him. Obi-Wan was his brother, not his father. So Anakin, when he meets Luke, has to become the father he never had. And he would have never followed that path necessarily if Qui-Gon would have been alive. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought that was like really like like a good take. Very in-depth and very... Uh, um, what is it? Yeah. yeah so but yeah. i mean and that's the thing is like star wars very very, very good take. I, I really like that. i really enjoyed hearing that you know yeah star wars has always been about family and and about hope you know over everything else like it's a story of hope and family and like the, the, with the new trilogy they tried to force the family thing and like they they it feels like a lot of times there's just no hope <laughs> so but, like yeah. It's not. That's why it's just like so difficult to to come to terms with. But um, unless you have something else, we'll go to our last question. Right. Right. Okay. So uh, my friend, my friend, <laughs> my friend, uh, uh, my friend Matt had asked me about um, in Avengers Endgame, did Thor take Mjolnir back to its timeline, um, or did he keep it? And the thing is, they don't ever tell you or show you in the movie. So, I don't know. Do we assume he did? Because if he didn't, that would greatly affect the timeline. Um, and I don't I don't know. Where, where do you fall on that? Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Can you repeat the question? Uh, so, you, you, you remember in Endgame when Thor went back in time, he took Mjolnir from you know, what would have been during the Dark World timeline, right? Okay. And so his question is, when they went back and replaced the Infinity Stones, because, you know, we were explained, you know, hey, if you remove a stone from the timeline, it'll fuck everything up. You have to bring him back. Does he actually bring Milner back as well? Or does he keep it in our modern day timeline? Mm-hmm. Man, that is a... That is a... Very good question. One that I cannot answer. <laughs> um, well, because if you, if you take the back, that obviously affects the timeline, right? Like, going forward, then Thor doesn't have Milner the whole time. <laughs> right, if he keeps it... I mean, then... I would like to think that... I would like to think that me and you have a very, very good understanding of time travel and, like, timelines and stuff. Yeah. So, according to what... Most anything I've ever known about, he couldn't have taken it back. So, well, he would have had to take it back, right? No, because if because he keeps it, if he would have done that, then he would have never had Neil Nor in the first place for uh, 
Thanos to destroy. But if he... It, no, 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 Thanos didn't destroy it. Hela destroyed it. Um, and... Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, okay, well, that's right. Wow, oh, my God, I'm having this moment. Well, okay, yeah, because if he took it from the Dark World time, obviously that happened afterwards. Hela happened afterwards, so... Yeah. That still couldn't happen. But if he took, if he doesn't bring it back to that timeline, then he wouldn't have even had it to fight Malekith, and then he probably would have lost because we saw what happened after it was destroyed. He like lost his whole identity until right, exactly. So he would have had to bring it back in order for events to continue to transpire the way they did, or else events would have transpired differently. My my concern is that when they do Thor Love and Thunder, if he did bring it back, somehow Jane Foster is going to pick it up somehow in that timeline to become Thor, or they're going to find another way to make her Thor. But if she picks it up and becomes Thor, then that whole timeline is fucked. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think that it was an oversight. I think that was, that's a very good question, by the way. Yeah. That is a really good question and a very observant eye. Um, I'm gonna never even. Kind of. Um, it's just like one of those things I was just like, okay, you guys are, you asked them both. <laughs> I didn't really think about it. And it's just like one of those things, I think it was, uh, it was either an oversight or it was one of those things that like, that they probably originally acted out to explain, but then it didn't make the cut. And then they're just like kind of hoping they're like, okay, a good 95% of people are not going to get that. Yeah. I mean, and, then there's going to be the five percent that are going to get it, and doesn't bother with the fact, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Right, and time travel's already so convoluted. Like, it's just like, ugh, how does this work? Because even they, like the writers and everything, are like, oh yeah, well, it doesn't function the way it functions in other movies. It's like, okay, well, how does it fucking function then? <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's really confusing. Yeah, I, that would be a question I feel like better asked for, like, a director of that film or, like, a writer of that film. Because yeah. they may usually just say what I said, and they're like, okay, so we had originally written it in, but obviously not everything can make the cut in the film. Things have to be cut out, the excess fat, things that are not going to interest the audience as much. Right. So, yeah, and with like, that being said, I mean, the, the film's already very, very long as is, so they can't really justify making it longer than what it already was. Right. I think it'll I totally be... understand, like, his frustration, like, because now I'm thinking, like, oh, shit, how did that work? <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be resolved in the next Thor movie. I think they either have to explain it or, like, just ignore it. And if they ignore it, right. then... I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Somehow Jane Jane Foster becomes Thor, so we have to we have to have Mjolnir. So they they either have to address it or it's just gonna be ignored and we're just gonna not know or I don't know. I don't know. Right. So, um. But uh, we do have a little bit of news and then we'll move into our main topic of this podcast. Um. So we'll run through the news real quick because it's not a lot. Um. First thing is Justice League is getting its Snyder Cut. Uh, it's coming to HBO Max in 2021. They're giving him 20 to $30 million additional to complete like the special effects and everything. And all the cast members have shared their support for it. What do you think? 
Uh, I mean, I'm fine with that. You know, it's just kind of whatever. I think they've already ran down the rabbit hole already, so might as well just keep going. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> I don't think the movie can can be worse. And like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a big fan of what what Zack Snyder's done to characters like Batman and Superman and Lex Luthor and others, but. Hey, maybe maybe his ver- his vision for the movie was better. So I mean, it can't hurt to see it, right? Right. Yeah, definitely can't. It can't hurt to see that at all. You know, yeah. I know he was a really tough on and all that stuff. So hopefully he's in the right uh, frame of mind to be doing all that stuff. But, you yeah. know, but I don't know if they already even had everything. They're just trying to package it. Maybe I don't know. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, the movie kind of, you know. It's got Jack anyway, so I can't do much worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know how much more blind I can be. Like, the movie's terrible. I mean, I, I don't even know if I'd waste my time watching it, to be honest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is that terrible. I don't know how many times we need to sit there and tell these people, like, you see, what are you guys doing? Take the fucking TV actors and plug their storylines into the fucking films. Then you have a cohesive universe. Oh, bada beam, bada boom. It saves you a lot of time of introducing characters, making unnecessary films, although they're excited to make new films because they know people will watch them and make money off of it. Right. But if you have any sort of sense of pride in your work, you would like, oh, jump all over that. Like, Grant Gustin, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. I, I, thought, I thought, okay, to be fair, though, okay, question. Mm-hmm. Would you bring Green Arrow into the, the film? Uh, like his version. The problem is the like, CW version. The problem is the CW version of Green Arrow is too much like Batman, and I don't think really works in a full team environment as shown in the TV show. Like he couldn't keep his team together to save his life. So. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Know. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, and I just think uh, Justin Hartley's version. It's just better geared towards that. I would love to see Justin Hartley back <laughs> as Green Arrow in, 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 in the films. I think it'd be great. Obviously, I mean, if you bring him back, you might as well bring back Tom Wilson. I mean, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Now we're cooking with some gas. You understand? Yeah. I mean, and someone we know who will not be brought to the big screen is Ruby Rose as Batwoman because she is not Batwoman anymore. <laughs> Um, Ruby Rose has left the role apparently is like mutual like I, I guess she kind of wanted to leave because during one of the stunts it went wrong she almost was paralyzed for the rest of her life um, and I don't know but yeah Ruby Rose is, is out as Batwoman but they're moving forward season 2 so they'll recast her um, what do you think I mean, okay, so I'll be honest, dude. I haven't even watched her. <laughs> yeah, I never watched it. I only saw her in the, the crossover she was in. Um, exactly. The Crisis. I never watched Batwoman. Well, I, I, I'm so disinterested because, like, so they had, like, this great pop on CW. I feel like they went very awry and very wrong in a lot of places. I never think it was the right move for CW to take over Supergirl, but I actually think from the get-go, I like uh, Melissa Benoist, but like I just I hate that version of Super. I just don't like. It. I don't think it's a great TV show. There were some great aspects. Obviously, I didn't keep watching, yeah. but like the whole thing, like I loved her and Monel. 
right? That whole story. And then, like, he got sent out of space. And then he came back in time travel, and he was fucking married. I was like, overly just done with that series at that point. I was like, this is full shit. I'm done. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm done with this. And then I was, like, overly done with, like, like even though like, I get, like, a, a weird, like, kid satisfaction out of Legends of Tomorrow, but, like, as an adult watching it, it's hard for me to, like, stay engaged and interested in it because it's so just, like, what's the flavor of the week kind of thing, yeah. you know? It's not, it's not enjoyable to me. Right. Whereas, like, Arrow and The Flash, they have a cohesive story. Right. I well, think... Yeah, I stopped watching almost everything except for Arrow and Flash. Um, but I haven't watched the latest season, and I've heard people saying, like, The Flash, the writing and stuff has really just gone to shit. Yeah, I just feel like they, they, they may have ran their course. They had a good one, man. And no doubt, I think Flash might be... Uh, it's hard to say something more of my favorite TV show than Smallville. But it's up there. Yeah. I mean, it definitely... It's like right up there. Definitely had its good I mean, seasons. Just like, you can't get better than, like, Grant Gustin and Carlos Valdez. You know? They're just so great. Yeah. And I, I forget the uh, the name of uh, Joe and... Uh, uh, Tom... Jeff, yeah, there you Tom, go. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Cavanaugh was Wells. Is by far yeah. the unspoken hero of that fucking show, dude. Sure. The amount of the the, the the ability to sit there and play the same character but differently is actually just like kind of genius idea. <laughs> it's like an awkwardly just like genius like concept that works and every time it's like such a interesting version of that character right yeah i almost wonder like the because the cw seems to be like trying to ramp up and build more for like the universe like with like superman and lois and uh, like all these other shows but it's like you almost wonder if like they should just end their cw stint and move to like their dc universe stuff but I don't know what's going to happen. So. I don't know, dude. Well, all for one, I will say I would not be on board for uh, what's his name being Superman. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ty- Tyler Hoechlin, is that that guy? Or is that someone Yeah, else? yeah, Tyler Hoechlin. Okay, yeah. 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 Anywho, yeah. we totally went off on a tangent. Go so, ahead and continue with the movie. Yeah, anyway, yeah, Ruby Rose is out. Batwoman still continue, but from... From what I've heard, a lot of people love the show but hate her. So that'll be good, I guess. I don't know. Um, this is not news. I don't know why this is part of the news. This just came up again. Sony is announcing again that they're planning a Spider-Man spinoff film with Jackpot. We talked about Jackpot fucking three years ago. Why? Why do we care about Jackpot, guys? Is the we question. don't. We actually, we actually don't care about him at all. Well, Let that's, that's the that. thing. Jackpot is a Are woman. <laughs> Most people don't even oh. know anything about Jackpot, to be honest. Jackpot was a character <laughs> introduced so in funny. 
Jackpot was introduced in 2007 and was like a part of one run of Spider-Man comics. It was one woman who had no powers and was injecting herself with some hormone shit. And then she became Jackpot. And then she didn't want to do it anymore because she had a kid. And so she got, she, she, someone else became Jackpot. And then they died. And then Spider-Man's like, you should be Jackpot again. And that was her whole fucking story. There you go. Why do you need a fucking movie? Maybe maybe the story won't revolve around Jackpot. Maybe Jackpot will just make an appearance. Like, do they explicitly yeah. say yeah, it's, it's a Jackpot that Jackpot movie. is going mm-hmm. to be the main villain in the film? No, like, no, 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 no. Like, do they actually say, this film is going to be Spider-Man versus Jackpot? No, no, or, no Spider-Man. Or, or anything like that. Oh, no. huh? it, says, it says they're planning a film revolving around Jackpot. As the main character, no Spider-Man. It's going to take place in the Venom universe with just Jackpot. I hate, it. I hate this one. <laughs> I mean, possibly with that already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a little too dark. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so oh man, it's just like, dude, why, why? I, just, I don't care, dude. Who cares what Sony does anymore? I mean, they're it, fucking. It, it, so, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, there was an, there was another announcement about from Sony that like they're like, oh, we're gonna make a new uh, female led like uh, Spider Man universe movie, but not with Spider Man. And a lot of people are like, oh, like the like a lot of the news reports like Variety and stuff are, th- are in like Hollywood Reporter are like, oh, it's probably about Madam Web. Which again, I don't want a fucking Madam Web movie. I'm sorry, like she's cool and all, but she's not a fucking main character to me. And and maybe they maybe it's jackpot. Maybe that's who the fuck it is. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm done with with Sony right now. Um, we're gonna get to some Star Wars news because that's the majority of the news of Star Wars. So, um, uh, Jason Isaacs, who may, is I guess is most popular for his portrayal of uh, Lucius Malfoy. Um, he, he he does a lot of voice acting. He he did the voice acting for one of the Inquisitors in Star Wars Rebels and the Inquisitors if you guys don't know are like force powered Sith pretty much who are responsible for hunting down the remaining Jedi after Order 66 um, he voices Superman in the new Red Sun um, stuff and he does, he's done a bunch of voice work and someone asked him like out of who you voiced for animation who would you want to play live action of those characters and he said he'd like to be an Inquisitor uh, possibly in, in like a live action Rebels show or something so I think he's a dude. I think he's a really good actor, dude. I, if I'm seeing him in any movie, I wouldn't even care, dude. I'd, I'd be pretty stoked about that, to be honest. I think the way he played Lucius in in um, Harry Potter, I think it was brilliant. I think he's like so, like, he's like most actors have their niche, right? Like, and I just think he's. He's just so geared towards playing like bad guys, right? I just think like whatever kind, like whatever role he gets as a bad guy, I just don't feel like he can do any wrong. Well, in his portrayal, he's like, such a good actor. Yeah, he, his portrayal, Lucius Malfoy was was did accomplish everything from the the villain to the smug guy to kind of charming to his deteriorating deteriorating mental state when Voldemort is back and forcing Draco to do shit to like he just does so much as that character. And he, and he's like, oh no, he's like menacing too. Yeah, like when you see him actually as like. Um, like 
at the end, like when he's a, a Death Eater and stuff. Like, I'm just saying, he's like pretty menacing in those in those parts. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, he does a he does a great yeah. job with that role. Um, in other Star Wars news, um, so there's reports of Bo Katan, who is a Mandalorian from the show Re- Star Wars Rebels. Um, she there's rumors she's gonna be in the Mandalorian series, and that uh, reportedly Katie Sackhoff has been cast. Apparently, I guess she's just perfect for every role. Um, also, uh, Tamara Morrison will portray. Boba Fett in Mandalorian Season 2 and he was Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones, so obviously perfect casting. Right. But no what to do, man. He was Jango Yeah, I remember that guy. So, the, the interesting thing is I did read an article that was saying like, oh, is the Mandalorian gonna fall into the trap of the sequel trilogy where... You know, they're going to just bring in all these legacy characters and it's going to, like, ruin the stu- the show. But I don't think they will. I don't think they'll ruin it by doing this. Yeah, I can't really see that show doing that. I, I don't know. I just think, like, that show is probably, like, the best piece of Star Wars that we've had in a really long time. <laughs> yeah, it's the, to me, it's still the best thing to ever come out of Star Wars. Really, ever. Well, not not like you know, outside of the mainstream, like it, outside of the, oh, okay. the the original trilogy. I'm like, whoa, watch yourself, honey boy. But I mean, like you know, when you talk about spinoffs, like things like Rogue One or Solo, or even like the cartoons, like the Clone Wars series is is amazing, and and Rebels is really good. But like, I don't know. I feel like nothing really touches like what this has done for Star Wars. And, and yeah. you have to credit John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni because they have this innate understanding of Star Wars. And Dave Filoni's worked so closely with George Lucas. Like, I, I think it's, it's just... Probably, it's probably mainly him. But, dude, we, we've talked about it so many times. John Favreau. What a fucking legend that guy is. Yeah, he's a mover and shaker. That guy is so... I just think he understands how to, like, do the production and, like, just like he just understands how to make them all, he just knows what to do. He's just like one of those gifted geniuses, if you will. Right, and we we credit Kevin Feige with the MCU all the time, but there'd be no MCU without John Favreau doing Iron Man one. So, right, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, as much as yeah, yeah, exactly what you said. <laughs> you know, what you said. <laughs> Uh, and in, in some good news, um, the VFX crew, the virtual effects crew of The Mandalorian says that COVID-19 will not delay season two of The Mandalorian, which is currently in post-production. It will be out still October of this year. Yeah, anything that's already in post-production, it, it, it doesn't need it. And I only know that because, um, so if you're like intertwined in like the, the sports world, like very just like engulfed in it, like you're paying attention to what's going on and stuff. Like I am, because I work for Amazon uh, as like a delivery guy, and my son in the, the van all day long, listening to music or whatever. I listen to like AM radio stations, listening to sports, uh, 11:40 pretty much all day long. And like most of like what they talk about, because there's no live sport, is like the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, and a lot of like what they talk about was like how they go Nigeria, Russia, and stuff. And pretty much because, like, they're already in post-production and stuff, 
like they didn't need to do any of the filming anymore. Um, it, it, the, the process is longer, but it's doable because you can do everything from home. You know what I mean? Like everything that you do at like the studios and stuff, you just have to be able to go and get that equipment and set it up at your house. Right. Which I'm not saying is an easy task to do, but you can do that. You right. know what I mean? There are programs out there. There are equipment out there to help you out and do those things. So, like, people that are in post-production is already easily doable. If you're not and you still have a lot of filming to do in person, depends on the scenes. Maybe you can shoot some scenes and not other scenes. It really just depends. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh, so that's some good news. Also, Taika Waititi, we all know him, we all love him, director of Thor Ragnarok, worked, uh, he did, he directed the season finale of The Mandalorian. He's getting his own Star Wars movie to write and direct. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, it's gonna be fucking so good. I can't wait, dude. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. And I can't I, wait. I think no matter what it's about, it'll be it'll be great. Because like, he's just he's just a fantastic writer. Like he was even nominated for some Academy Award or something for a movie he did called Jojo Rabbit, which I haven't seen. But um, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy good what he's done. Dude, talk about somebody who is just on the up and up, dude. He is like on the A list right now. You can land him. You're fucking good to go, man. Yeah, definitely. Um. So that concludes the news, but what we really wanted to talk about was kind of how the coronavirus has affected the comic book industry as a whole. Um, and while doing research for this, like, you know, there's so many different facets to it from the local store to the writers and artists on the books to diamond distributors to the uh, manufacturers, um, with, you know, DC, Marvel, Image, everything else. Um, so there's there's a lot of ground to cover, but I'll run through like just some some comic book owners kind of statements and stuff, and uh, what the future looks like is what we'll discuss, you know. Yeah. Um. Oh, so, uh, Rod Lombardi of uh, Rodman Comics wow. in Iowa, he said, "I went from thinking about giving myself a bonus to not paying myself." Now the worst case scenario has happened. Mike Sterling, who operates Sterling Silver Comics in Camarillo, California, said he saw an enor enormous surge of business just before a statewide shelter-in-place order went into effect. Uh, he said, I don't know if people just wanted to build up a stockpile of comics to read at home or there was a general sense of unease driving a need for escapism uh, in regards to before the coronavirus. Um, and then he had to shut his doors shortly after that. Diamond Distributors, the only distributor of comics anywhere, uh, had to stop all shipments and new releases were canceled in early April. Local comic book stores were forced to close. Some began to sell comic books curbside. Some went like on Instagram Live to show off books and sell them to viewers. Um, staffs were laid off. Uh, there's minimal help from the PPP, the Payment uh, Paycheck Protection Program. Um, they didn't really give a lot of money for comic book stores. Um Artists and writers continued to work, but were, were sized down a lot. DC started to send uh, their books direct to consumer. 
um, ramping up digital sales as well. Uh, DC broke its exclusive distribution with Diamond uh, to get new issues to shops that were open, um, adding a pair of new distributors. That move has been debated among shop owners. Some say they'd rather wait until Diamond restarts. DC didn't comment on that. Uh, free comic book day was canceled, which is a huge driver of sales annually for stores, bringing in an additional 1.2 million people a year. Uh, San Diego Comic Con has been canceled. Con season has been canceled, which are great events for local stores uh, to make sales and create marketing opportunities. Um, so what, what one person said, no, this is, this is just something. So the dollars at stake are substantial in recent years, sales of comics and graphic novels in the United States and Canada have topped $1 billion annually with printed comics accounting for more than one third of that, um, site. Uh, they say that digital sales contribute a hundred million to the total. So that's a 10th of the billion. So the other nine tenths right now we're, we're out essentially. Um, but there's hope. There's hope. Uh, so Mike Richardson, publisher and owner of Things from Another World comic book store, said there was Black September in the crash of the black and white comics in the 80s, the spectacular bust of the mid-90s, the dot-com bust of the early 2000s, 9-11, and the Great Recession of 2008. We made it through those events, and uh, through the, uh, though this is far more serious, we'll make it through this one. Joe Field of Flying Flag, uh, sorry, Flying Colors Comics in Concord, close to us, California, uh, he's actually the person who created Free Comic Book Day. Um, he said, comic book retailers are the cockroaches of pop culture. We have been through all kinds of things that were meant to put us out of business, whether it's the new digital world or distribution upheaval or Disney buying Marvel. We have adapted and pivoted and remade our businesses in ways that are unique and survivable. Um, Brian Michael Bendis, who's one of the greatest comic book writers in modern day, uh, who used to work for Marvel, and uh, now works for DC. He said, uh, when talking about what happened after 9-11, he said, I, was, I very specifically remember feeling and being told that we might be done totally. And then three weeks later, it all bounced back. I think something similar will happen here. We're going to figure out how to fix this and get back to work. Um, so mm-hmm. there, there's some positivity there, um, but there's also some negativity. So from some small shops, small local shops, Chris Cassos is the only employee and manager of Seattle's Comics Dungeon. He said, while we are making money doing this, it's a fraction of what we were making week to week previously. While we had the new books because they are the blood flow of the store, we just can't overextend ourselves financially. John Harder, owner of Waterfront Comics in Susan City, California, said, um, well, he was unsuccessful in applying for the Paycheck Protection Program loans through small business uh association he said what i found out is i'm not really a small business i'm a micro business a lot of what we would think of as chain restaurants ended up getting the bulk of those loans whereas the small main street stores with just a couple employees couldn't get much of anything dan uh, giarino author of comic shop the retail mavericks who gave us a new greek culture said we're going to come out of this with fewer comic shops but there will be enough that uh survive that this industry will continue the question i'm asking is how big will the calling be um heidi mcdonald said i do think this is an extinction level event um it's life-changing for everyone this is a whole industry that lived on very thin margins there's no port to this storm um g willow wilson who helped create and wrote on a number of dc and marvel books um she said that comics still rely on actual stores and communities that they provide we are now deprived of those gathering places the loss of that community has been really disruptive for people 
Um, so I think she's hopeful that we'll get back to that as well. Um, an additional like hope the a lot of writers and artists have rallied to support shops. Cami Garcia, Brian Michael Bendis, Gwenda Bond, Sam Humphreys, and Phil Jimenez organized a five day Twitter campaign which was hashtag creators for comics. They launched with 150 creators auctioning art, comics, and experiences. By the time it was over, they had more than 600, including Frank Miller and Neil Gaiman. It raised more than Mm $433,000. And so other, other people are saying like, we're not just fighting for businesses and storefronts. We're fighting to support our communities. Um, And, uh, this other woman said, I could tell you my life story through the lens of comic book stores I've loved. I don't think any of us could cope with a world where comic book stores only lived in our hearts. We need them to live on in the real world too. Uh, so that's all That's all the research I pulled for this. Like It, it seems like it's, it's so decimating to so many people, but I do think the big shops will survive and local comic book stores will reemerge yeah. eventually. Um, but where are we at with this? Yeah. Oh man, dude, that shit is like, hard hearing all that shit. Yeah. Hold on, just give me a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Like, when I was doing, like, research for all this, like, I pulled up, you know, like, even when I researched it, there's, like, local news from, like, Napa Valley and stuff, like, comic book stores closing their doors because... Like, it's, like, not worth it for them because they don't have the money to support it. They're not getting help from the government. They laid off all their employees. Like, it's just, it's, like, crazy. Like, everything that's happening um, in the comic book world. And, of course, there's layers to it. Like, if if comic book stores, local comic book stores, can't order or can't get product from Diamond Distributions, then Diamond isn't making money. And if Diamond isn't making money, then they can't order from DC, Marvel, etc., so they're not making money. Like DC, Marvel, they'll be fine. They'll survive this. They always, they always survive. But Diamond Distribution is the only distributor. So are we going to get new distributors? Like how, 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 how will this change the future of comics and and how how stores function? Will stores survive? The majority, maybe, but a lot of them will go out of business. A lot of people will lose their local comic book stores. Yeah. Um. So I think, like first and foremost, is just it's such like a um, like a tough pill to swallow, you know. Yeah. Um. It's just. Mm, it's like hard, like because like you know you always like hear about you know people going out of business and losing their livelihoods and stuff, but like when it hits, and I'm not saying any of any other section is less important in this world. Because everyone has their value and every business is an essential business, in my opinion. And every person is an essential person. But, like, when it does hit a section um, of, the, of a community like like our community, like the nerd culture, we're such, like, we're, su- we're such, a, like, an inclusive yet tight-knitted community that is, like, it's like truly heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. And just like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I think like, where would our friendship be without evolution comics, you know? Places like that, hole in the wall. Places where you go and like, escape from life and stuff and, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, even thinking about, like, like our friendship, you and me, like, we wouldn't be as good of friends today if it wasn't for comic books and comic book stores and, and spending yeah. so much time at different shops. Like, you know, we, we've been uh, to to so many different comic book stores and everything else, like, all across mm-hmm. the state. You know, we've traveled to go to, to stores either to play Magic the Gathering or to look at comic books like we we were comic book hunters for a while we would go to a bunch of different stores and try to find rare issues and stuff like it's it's been a huge like it's like it's something that like is a is a nostalgic thing because when when i think about our friendship i do think about a lot of different shops that we've been to um even Mm -hmm. starting with like cards and comics uh which is a local shop in in oak grove like that's the first shop we ever went to together because we played Yu-Gi-Oh. um but they also sold comics you know so you know, it, it is, it's, it's a big part of our friendship, you know, and it's like our friendship isn't going to be destroyed by the lack of comic book stores in the future, but yeah. it's going to destroy the possibility for other people to build those strong bonds and friendship in the future. You know, you know and I just like think of like where I was in my life <clears throat> during that time. And like, you know, it really just really wasn't the best time of my life. And I don't really talk about it too much, but. You know, it was like a time where <clears throat> I was just like really sad and depressed and I hated life. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's a lot of people, you know, who feel, feel similarly and like going to those stores and escape, like even like the the sad reality of this virus as well is a lot of, there's a, there's been a spike of child abuse cases and a lot of children who mm-hmm. are victims of abuse from their parents or other people will also escape to comic book stores. Like, yep. Oh man. It's like hell of a hard time to talk about this. Shit. I like to <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> same. Ugh, it's same. like, it's like, man, that's like, dude, I've gotten to points with like, Oh no, man. I've gotten, I feel like I've gotten to points with, like, I don't even like want to live anymore, dude. And like being in those places, those friends, I feel like really saved my life, you know? Yeah. So just like thinking about like, you know, it's like your your big name stores will, will make it through, you know? I've got like the Franken Castles or whatever it's called, like in Southern California. They'll make yeah, it through. People who really. Yeah, like people who really thrive online, they'll make it through, you know. And surprisingly, even like one of our latest home stores, I would call it, even though like we really didn't go there too much anymore and stuff like that, but like um, Card Shack and stuff, I'm so dude. I'm hella happy he made it through, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hella happy. I think he posted, like, on Facebook that um, he's reopening his doors, like, this week, bro, and I was, just, like, so happy. So, like, if you guys are in the Sacramento area, make sure, and you guys are into nerd culture and you guys like playing card games or comic books and stuff, and, you know, you have the financial means to do so, obviously, you know, a lot of people are in, in some really financial tough times at the moment, so not everybody can do it. But if you can, support your local businesses, because it means more right now than it ever has before. 
Right. And like, especially to our sector of the of of, of the world, you know, our communities and the nerd culture, I think like we really got to band together. So it's like, if you live in the Sacramento area and play like card games, like I think pretty much there's any card game there is. Yeah. Uh, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, um, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering. So Vanguard, make sure you guys go and visit. Yeah, Vanguard, other stuff like that. Make sure you guys go visit Card Chat. Uh, they're located off. Boulevard. Yeah, competitive card check. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, competitive card check. Yeah, it's like down the street from Sacramento City College, and like, like literally a block away from like uh, Land Park and stuff. So really not hard to find. Um, yeah, make sure you guys are supporting your local businesses. Uh, yeah. And- so I mean, so okay to get through like some of the comments. Well, I mean, because you read out like a. Yeah, a, yeah, a lot of them. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, I mean, a lot of them, like you know, like you pretty much already understand a lot of that. But it's like some of the descriptive ones was like, you know, we're trying to weather the storm, but there's no port in sight or whatever. I was like, oh, Rocky. that was like, I feel like such a very good way to explain it, and like such an intense way to explain it, and really just like set it into perspective for me and it's just like oh no man my heart goes out to like people like you know this this industry man it's it's not an easy one though there's so much competition everywhere so it's like if you're able to like make it past like those first couple of years bro without having to shut your doors like you've damn near made it you know what i mean like so it's like people have been there for a long time bro that's Con anytime in the near future. I would say 
I wouldn't bet on there being a zombie, but I was the next two years, bro. Right. At least minimum, minimum. And that's just to make sure that, like, not only is the infection and death rate down, but, like, the success rate of the vaccine, dude. So, like, it takes a long time to gather that data, whether or not the vaccine is actually working and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... With that, it's just like it's just gonna be such a long time before we get back, you know, to how life used to be and stuff like that. And you know, you just really think about it, man. It's just you get part of anything, and you just man, be grateful for the things that you do have in your life because even if this COVID nineteen has showed you anything, man, in a blink of an eye, it can all be gone. And it could be the most serious random thing that you take for granted. And you don't even realize you're taking it for granted. Just appreciate the things that you do have, man. Right. Seriously. Yeah. The, the... Honestly, though, I thought like you were gonna easily be the one that was gonna choke up. And I was like thinking about it, bro. And I was like, yeah. as I'm like trying to say it, dude, like I can't even like get the words out of my throat and shit, dude. And I was just like tearing up and shit. Damn. I started. I started to like uh, after, but yeah. I mean, and the the thing is too is like. If if this if the stores that are currently out there like can get through this, I think they'll be okay. The issue is that a lot of people don't open comic book stores because they want to make a lot of money. Because you won't. They open comic book stores because they love comic books and they love the culture. Like that's that's why they do it. Like people people are never gonna like be super super rich in general off of opening a comic book store. Like, it just doesn't happen. So. Yeah. You, know, you got to have a certain type of business model, man. And, and most comic book stores don't. And I think one quote said that, you know, we thrive on thin margins, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly right, bro. It's not a thing where you're going to expect to get rich off of it, you know? You might live comfortable type thing, but you're not going to, you know, make a ton of money. I think, like, I think very few stores can do that. I don't think there's one in Sacramento. There was one in Sacramento. You know, I won't go into the details of everything that happened, but like, you know, just through the unfortunate circumstances, Metropolis Comics had to close their doors. I think they were one of the ones that could have formed into a large scale business. Yeah, yeah, probably. I just think I just think that that's the trajectory that they were headed and. I just think, you know, some unfortunate circumstances happened and they closed their doors a couple of years back and that was that pretty much, you know. But, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of rare, bro. I mean, you have the one in SoCal. You, I think, I think there's like one really big one in, in Seattle. And I think I know there's like a couple really big ones in New York. Yeah. Obviously, New York's like the hub. Like all comic books are based off of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah there, 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 are, there are some some big ones like the the comic book industry in seattle is, is really big too um so like yeah. Yeah, like there like there's a whole article i saw just based on the like the, the effect uh, on comic book sales in the pacific northwest like centering around seattle um so yeah it's it's really like it's one of those things that like it sucks because a lot of people are not getting the help they need from the government um to 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 stay afloat and if they don't have the money saved they're gonna go out of business because 
They're not making it. It's like such bullshit, dude. It's just like the, the fucking, the, like, the, the relief bill and shit, dude, was just such a load of shit, man. Like, they, they didn't, I mean, yeah, dude, they did like one round of like $1,200 for most Americans, and I was in, in that group of Americans. I received a, a check, you know, and, it, you know, it definitely helped and stuff, but it's just like, it wasn't close to being enough, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you that, dude. And there's, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough that I was able to work through this entire uh, pandemic and stuff. So I was very fortunate. But like, not, not a whole lot of people are that fortunate, obviously, talking about this topic, you know. You know, people, we mentioned it earlier, man, everyone losing their livelihood, dude, losing their houses, more, you know. It's, yeah. just, it, it's just so much more, and the government could have done so much more. And I just think it's such bullshit that they didn't, dude. And, like, you, it, it, you really think about it, and, and, and you really got to think now, guys, who, you know, and, and we're not really into politics, dude, on this podcast, but I, I really feel like I need to say something about it. This really, really makes you think who you vote into office, like, not just president level, but, you know, Congress, Senate, you know, your local elections and stuff. It matters, dude. It really does, and this is why it matters. <laughs> right. Well, especially with this, is this is for everyone that just sits there. And I used to be one of those people. I will fucking raise my hand, like my vote don't matter. It fucking matters, dude. And I've changed my my direction of thinking over the course of like the past four years. I voted a lot more and stuff. And your vote matters, dude. And this is why it matters because. Corrupt officials need to steal from us. And our section of the community is a direct correlation and proof of it, dude. It's such bullshit, dude, that that we didn't get fucking, or I, I say we as a whole, you know, uh, the community, comic book shops, that's what I'm referring to when I say we, if anybody gets lost or confused. Uh, it's just bullshit, dude, that they didn't get the, the proper uh, financial backing through the government because obviously it's proven that they can fucking pull this money out of their fucking asses and, and, and you know what I mean? Like, it, it's amazing. Like, we're, they, they are, the government always says, oh, we're broke, we're broke, we're broke. We don't have any money. We can't fix this road. We don't have enough money for that. We can't do X, Y, or Z because we don't have the money for it, right? All of a sudden, this comes along. <laughs> Where all this money come from? That's what I want to know. And I want to know why it was only chain restaurants that got it, the big businesses that received it. I just think it's such bullshit, dude. I'm not pretending to know every little nuance of everything that goes into it. I'm looking at it from a very broad perspective. So I will say that. Yeah. But I just, I, I just like it's, it's so aggravating to me. <laughs> like finding these things out on the bike. I beg your money. I don't understand. Like, you guys fucking sat there and, and wrote bills to help businesses out. Did you not? Why were these businesses not bailed out? Yeah. And why are they having to close their doors when they shouldn't have to? It's just, uh, do you, if I can urge anybody to learn a lesson from this pandemic, two things. Appreciate the shit you got because you don't know when it's going to be gone. Whether that be material items, people, you know, a way of living, you don't know when it's going to be gone. 
right. and fucking vote your ass off. Yeah. Because it all fucking matters, dude. Yeah, I mean... It all fucking matters, and that's like... I'm getting, like, enraged just thinking about it, dude. Yeah, the the more, like, I think about this topic, it's just like... I don't want to just talk into space, because people are so far in their corners when it comes to this. And, like, they'll listen to their right. experts and ignore all the other experts that oh, disagree. Oh, no, no, that, that's totally fine. I, I, I'm not I'm not worried about any of that. And if I can sway one or two people, one person, if I can sway one person who didn't know about voting before, and I give them a different perspective to show them why their vote actually does matter, I accomplish my goal. Yeah. That's well, all I care about. Especially, especially in this case, because this is mostly a state and local government thing. This is governors deciding for their states and working with local uh, like leaders to to decide how to go about this. Um, as far as the federal government role, I mean, they haven't done a great job supporting states, but they're not the ones making the overall rules. They're not shutting down the country. This is a, like that's why what Scott's saying is true. It's not just the federal government. It's not just the president. You need to vote for your state electives, your your governors. Your... Newsom is a fucking joke, dude. No, well, <laughs> Newsom Newsom has actually done a done a fairly good job, but. He's doing like th- this is the thing. This is this is what bureaucracy is. Governments do what people want, what the majority of people want. Because if they don't, they will not be reelected. And in the sad reality is, every survey, every poll that I've read shows that two thirds to three fourths of this country think that we should be shut down longer. Do not want to go back to work. They want us to stay shut down because they think it will save lives. And I will just end with this. Living is not just breathing. We are not living right now. Really. We're, we're, we're just breathing. We're just, you know, going along. We're, we don't... Li- living life is, is hanging out with your friends, is enjoying meals with your friends, going out to eat, socializing, shopping. Like, what we're doing right now is, is just breathing. We're just living. We're not living. Most people are living... Yeah. Going to work, it's it's making new connections in life, having new experiences in life. Whether that be shopping, whether that be going out on a meal that you know you never gone to it before, you know, and you're trying something new, or you're going to places, exploring some places you've never been to, and and you know, behold, you the most beautiful mountain range that you've ever seen in your life, and it changes your entire perspective on life. We are not living right now dude yeah but but we're being exactly told, what you said we're being told that we're saving lives by staying in and not not living our lives we're I, saving I don't think we are lives. dude i i don't know man but like, i don't want to go too far into it dude but like i really don't feel like i don't feel like we are man i think we're doing causing far more damage than we are right let, i think let, we're causing more life in the long run bro more people are going to be depressed there's been a, a, a severe spike in suicide there's been a, a, a huge uh, spike in uh, child abuse cases. There's been a huge spike in uh, domestic violence cases, and, and and yet we're saving. How are we saving lives? Yeah, all I'm gonna say to because because let me let me tell you, most cases get found out when it comes to child abuse and domestic violence abuse is because people say things when they're not at home. By the way, is is that one kid? that had a friend or or had a teacher that spotted a breeze on their arm or, or a coworker that, you know, said the same thing and talked them into calling the police or 
whatever have you, whatever the situation is, dude, we're not saving lives, dude. Right. That's a coward facade, and, dude. And, and people. <laughs> There are so many unforeseen There are so many unforeseen consequences of this That people have no idea about Because they live in their boxes And, and think about how it's affecting them And not affecting the majority of people And, and the, the biggest issue I have is Be honest with yourself And listen to what Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks And, and the, the leader of the health department in Chicago Tell you about how they are counting deaths Listen to it. They are blatantly telling you how they are lying about the death rate. And this is not a conspiracy exactly. theory. They tell you straight out. If you are on hospice, and if you guys don't know this, I've known people on hospice, you only get put on hospice when you are going to die in, in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, when you're at the end of your life anyways. Yeah, they are. They, they told you. The, the, the leader of the health department in Chicago and Illinois said, if you are on hospice and you also have COVID and you die of a clear alternate cause you are marked as a covid death colorado is kind of working against us right now they had a man die because he had a 0.55 alcohol seven times the legal limit of, of blood alcohol content and he died clearly of alcohol poisoning the coroner said so the state department came in and said he died of covid because he had it when he died he clearly died of alcohol poisoning. They, because of that instance, they redid all their death count and it went down by 25%. Because people are dying of other things, but they have COVID. So they're marking them as COVID deaths. Exactly. I'm sorry, guys. Well, well, you, you, you just think that fucking randomly the lead, one of the leading causes in fucking uh, the United States being a heart attack randomly just fucking goes down? Yeah. No. Read, read the article. It there's not. There's a, People did not magically just start getting in shape. People did not just randomly start having stop having heart disease. People did not randomly stop having strokes. People did not randomly stop having diabetes and things like that. And it's just mind boggling. People really fear dying from COVID. I don't fear it. I don't. I go to work every single day with the chance of actually contracting COVID nineteen. And let me tell you why. So, when somebody orders something off of Amazon, pretty much it gets ordered from the company and it goes to Amazon uh, to one of their distribution centers where it's uh, um, pretty much sorted through. And then it's uh, shipped to a, like a, a sorting facility, which is like what we have in, uh, like near the airport. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then from there, uh, like a, a, a big rig drives it to it, which is called the last mile facility, which is my facility, where then yet again is sorted again by people, not machines, people, into different like little bags and stuff, and then we come and get them. Oh, oh, wait, wait, they're they're, uh, they're sorted into different bags the night before, and then that morning when I go to load up my van, they then again touch my shit and put them on a cart for me, and then I grab the cart and load up my van, and then I deliver them to residents' houses. I have to read doorbells. I have to sit there and, uh, you know, enter foreign, like, facilities. I have to touch door handles. Do all kinds of shit, dude. Do I see it for my life or fear COVID at all? No, I don't. I just don't. I, I'm of the building. 
I'm of the opinion that I really believe this shit was way overblown. <laughs> I feel like, especially, especially once I found out that um, they're lying about the uh, COVID death. And if you believe that COVID is like the worst thing, the worst thing since the flu, that's that's okay. Uh, you can have your own opinion. Yeah. Welcome to America. Right, and and the, where where I fall on this is really that they're telling us we all have to behave a certain way to prevent people from dying. Whereas I I, I like freedom. I'm sorry, I like freedom, and I I believe that if you are afraid, you should stay in. And other people should be able to make their own choices. And exactly. You know. You know. What's funny? It, it, it proves. It proves that people are not actually scared of COVID. You know how I know this today, right? Because Sacramento, where we live, just got a new order that many of the restrictions were pretty much lifted today, for the first time in. You know, a month and a half, two months, right? Since all the restrictions were put in place. Yeah. Went into the store today to go get me and my girlfriend some lunch. You know, the deli section, order some sandwiches because Safeway sandwiches are like the greatest thing ever. And uh, anyways, I look around. I'm looking at the workers. They're all masked up. No surprise. I'm looking around again. And I noticed... Only a hand up, and this store is packed, bro. There are so many people walking around, right? Only a handful of people are actually wearing masks, dude. It's, it's like amazing that it's like, it shows you that most people really aren't as scared as, as everyone's, as like everyone's like making it out to be, you know what I mean? Right. Well, I, I, just, I, I just feel like it's, it's, it's at its best, it was fear monitoring by the media. Well, yeah, I mean, and the, the thing is, like, I, if I don't have to wear a mask, I won't because masks are fucking disgusting. You're, you're, I, I hate it. Like, you're breathing your own air back into your body, your own CO2. Like, it's just disgusting in general. I hate wearing masks. So if I don't have to, I won't. Like, I, like, dude, trust me. Like, I'm a disgusting bastard. You don't want to know the shit I put in my mouth. But I, I fucking hate wearing God. that, that mask. Like, to me, that is way more disgusting than anything else I put in my mouth. And that's saying something. And, um, even even for you, like, you know, you're talking about all the stuff like, you you know, your coworkers are touching and stuff. And people might be afraid hearing that because we've been told that it can travel on. It can live on surfaces for days and weeks and all this shit. And then yesterday, the CDC says, oh, by the way, guys. Yeah, that's not the case. It just travels person to person. And the likelihood of getting it from a surface is very, very unlikely. So now you're telling us the complete opposite of what you've been saying. I don't think, like, science is ever-evolving, and I don't think that they know what is actually causing it, and I don't think it's an actual big deal. <laughs> no, yes, of course. It's it, 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 it spread like wildfire. Yeah, a lot of people have it, but I think I heard, like, on the news, like, some 80% of people never even have symptoms. Right. Well, the the, the thing is, you know, we're, we're left with two options. One is wait for a vaccine, which who knows if we'll ever have a vaccine. And two is try to get herd immunity. And you can't have herd immunity if everybody's staying in their fucking houses. We're at 20% right now. One in five people approximately in the United States is getting diagnosed with coronavirus. You need to be at 70% in order to create a herd immunity. 
and we'll never get there if people are so scared. There are people that are really scared, and 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 they don't care that masks really don't do anything, that social distancing really doesn't do anything. They just want to feel comfortable. They don't care if it works or not. They want to feel safe. Right. And I'm sorry if you want to feel that safe, just stay inside. Don't go out. Order things online. Like, I, I don't get it, but but yeah, I I know I'm I'm an idiot according to most people right now. You know, we're, people are going to think we're idiots talking the way we're talking um, because we need to save lives and 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 by going out we're murderers and by not wanting to wear masks we're killing people because like the governor of New York said, this virus is death even though uh, that's not really true. Um, despite the fact that we have multiple media reports about how they're counting deaths, multiple media reports about how if one person tests positive, they count everybody in your family, even if they haven't been tested as positive as a case. Um, so Even if it's not true. <laughs> I just think it's like amazing, though. It's just like it's so crazy, dude. Like, and, 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 and like I said, dude, I, I, I feel like I can have my own opinion. And I am right in feeling the way I feel. And you can have a different, a uh, completely different opinion, and you can still be right. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. dude. Oh, I know. I know. Out of the box thinking, right? Yeah. The, the rub <laughs> is just the rub for me is when we make public policy on on things that aren't true, which is the issue. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the people do decide, and the majority of people believe that this is such a big deal that. We need to stay in. So, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of states' rights, and so it'd be hypocritical of me to, to say that, like, we should defy all this stuff and, like, the states are wrong. Like, But at, at the end of the day, we're destroying everybody's lives. We're not really living. We're destroying lives every day that aren't being that, – that aren't deaths of COVID. We're destroying regular people's yeah, lives. Yeah, I talk to my girlfriend about it all the time. Like, you know, I understand. Like, she's one of the people – She's like in the middle. She's scared of it, right? But she doesn't want to just sit there and like put her life on hold either, you know? Right. Where I'm like, I'm not scared of it, but, you know, I don't want to put my life on hold. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, whatever about it, dude. Right. Yeah. I feel like if I'm, if I'm, I'm lucky enough to catch it and die from it, then I was just unlucky, dude. <laughs> Right. And there was probably some underlying condition I probably had that I don't know. Because most times, you don't just randomly wake up one day, bam, you have heart disease, bam, you have fucking lung disease, bam, you have COPD or whatever it is that you have. You've had that for a while, but the symptoms weren't severe enough for you to notice. You know what I mean? It was just like, is this one of those things? Like, okay, I got a muscle and I got it and I died from it. Like, doesn't mean everyone else should be so scared <laughs> because yeah. it's just like, dude, even like the infection rate is like so minuscule that it's just like, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, the, the, problem, like, dude. the, the problem is dude, people are going like, to tell you that it's not just you, that you might get it and not die, but you're going to give it to other people who will die, which... That's not even true, though. Dude, because it's like, you think about it, and it's like... Dude, when I say, when I say the infection rate is minuscule, the death rate is like microcosm fucking small, dude. It's like yeah. fucking so just... Uh, yeah. It's so small, dude. It's not even like a 1% of them, dude. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? 
I'm just like, nah, the Spanish flu, that was fucking scary, dude. Right. Uh, you fucking see those numbers and you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, holy shit. Like, even, it's like difficult but because. But now it's just like, dude, me- technology is so advanced and fucking medicine is so advanced now compared to 100 years ago when the Spanish flu happened. Right. But it's just like, this is such a normal factor to me, dude. It's just like, I know it's not the actual flu, you know? You know, it's just like, you know, when this first came out, everybody kept using the flu, it's just like the flu. But in my mind, it is just like the flu. I'm just like, okay, if I get it, whatever, I probably won't even have symptoms. And if I do have symptoms, I probably won't die from it. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, I, I, but, the argument you know, like, work. like you said, you know, people probably listen to this podcast and be like, dude, you're such a fucking idiot. You're a part of a problem. You're such an asshole. You fucking deserve to go die and all this shit. You yeah. know, people will fucking probably say all this shit about it. It's true. It's true. But, because, like, I, like, I've spent a fair share of time reading through comments on Twitter and, and Facebook, and I never respond to anybody. I never post anything because I don't want to argue with people, but, like, there was one about like uh, somebody from Co- like went into Costco, didn't want to wear a mask, and got he kicked out. And like everyone was like, "Yeah, he should. He's putting people's lives in danger and everything." And then one person said, "One person I saw said, well, some people can't wear masks because they have medical conditions.'" And people are like, "Well, if they have, if it's that serious, they shouldn't be out anyway because they're more likely to die, and and it's they must be made up medical conditions stuff." And do people not realize that people actually have claustrophobia, and when they wear masks, have panic attacks? Like that is a that is a legitimate medical condition that does not weaken your fucking immune system. Like people live so much in their own fucking box that they can't see outside of it. Oh, you need to wear a mask because you're saving your fucking life. Shut the fuck up. It's so funny, dude. It's true, though, man. I mean, it, it, it's true, bro. What more can I tell them? It's, it's true. It, it's crazy, like, you know, some people truly are at risk of getting it and dying from it. Like my grandma, she would be at risk. She has uh, lung issues. She has COPD. You know what I mean? So uh, I fucking sit there and I've had arguments and fights and you had to yell at her because... She wants to. She wants to get out of the house, and I, I totally fucking understand that, dude. She's, she's elderly. She, you know, she don't get out much as is, and then being restricted to not being going out at all, it sucks. But I'm, you know, trying to make the right decision for her, you know. Yeah, but I also believe in in this country. If but you those know- are so. Those are so marginal cases, bro. Those are so marginal, you know. Right. Not, like yeah in, in this country if you know the risks and you decide to put yourself at risk you should be able to that's what freedom is you know like that's just how like if you have the flu and you go out you could potentially give to someone and they can die that's just how that's the reality of our world if you go even if you have nothing you just go be behind the wheel of a car you could kill somebody and you're not meaning to this is the reality we act like people have never died before in the history of the world like, it happens. It's a human condition. People fucking die of a lot of things. But we don't destroy everyone else's lives because of it. Exactly. Anyway, well, this is this is very irritating to continue to talk about. Uh, so, you know, anyway, hey, thanks for joining us on our political podcast, guys. Yeah, right. And now, hey, man, it's, it's not just a political issue anymore, man. It's linked into all facets of life, man, and it's yeah. okay to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Things like this on on another podcast when it pertains to it. 
Yeah, it's I mean, did we go a little off the rails at the end? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, you know, you guys enjoyed the show and you know it. Yeah, and if you guys disagree with us and you do think we're idiots and you hate us or whatever, like, I, I don't I don't really, it doesn't bother me. Like, I think, I think my fiancé and I disagree on this topic. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but I think we do disagree. But I, I still love her. Like, I don't, I don't hate her because we disagree. Like, this is life. People disagree on things. So, it is what it is. You know, even, even you and I on a lot of things, we're very passionate about nerd shit or, or everything else. We have heated arguments, but we still love each other. Like, we're still friends. Like, it's okay, you know. It's okay to disagree. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here, guys. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you share this podcast with all your family and friends. You know, let them know that we're awesome. And um, yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on social media at Nerdy Boys Reviews. Check out Scott's uh, personal like uh, Twitter, Captain Hot Sauce CPT underscore Hot Sauce. Uh, you can follow me if you want, Nerdy Boy and Human. Thank you, guys. We love you. We are your hosts. I'm Nerdy Boy Christian. And I'm Nerdy Boy And as always, we have one message for you, and that is stay nerdy, boys. Stay nerdy, boys. Do, do, do.